Hi, everyone. Welcome to the World Bank EdTech Podcast. Today, we're continuing our conversation about how artificial intelligence is assisting teachers in creating effective classrooms. This is episode two of a two-episode conversation. In case you missed the first part of our conversation, you can click back to our last episode. The World Bank EdTech team is partnering with Digital Promise and the Engage AI Institute to host a series of episodes about AI and education. In this two-part conversation, Digital Promise senior researcher in STEM teaching and learning, Dr. Judy Fusco, speaks with four guests who are exploring current applications of these AI technologies in the classroom and how AI might help us create new methods for assessment and help us assess competencies that are difficult to assess. In case you missed our last episode, here's a quick clip. The question is how AI can help us alleviate the shortage of adequately trained teachers and how it can avail better opportunities for teacher continuous professional development. That's Dr. Monsete Marope, Executive Director of the World Heritage Group. We've been studying an AI classroom assistant that we'll call Merlin in our conversation today. And that classroom assistant is basically like a hub for the the classroom technology and and offers another pair of hands in the classroom for teachers. And what we found, though we're we're working in schools, you could imagine what this could mean for out-of-school settings or or for folks that don't have adequate professional development. But we're finding that teachers have been freed from their, their place at the front of the room to be able to move around and, and, you know, be the guide on the side as opposed to the sage on the stage and work with their learners. That's Dr. Kylie Pepler, professor of informatics and education at the University of California, Irvine. If there are ways that AI could free up my time or make me more effective or efficient with my time, I would be very interested in in working with an assistant like that. I think this could look one of many ways. One thing is that it could automate mundane tasks, perhaps like taking attendance, or a little bit more complex, it could analyze class data and report trends to me. For example, if 80% of my class is missing a similar concept, then it would definitely be worth my time the next day to readdress that issue. It could even help monitor class discussions and report back to me what percent of the time I did the talking versus allowed my students to do the talking, and whether or not all students had the opportunity to contribute. That's Sarah Hampton a middle and high school math and science teacher with 15 years of experience. I'm excited to see what AI can do for diverse students, neurodiverse students and neurodivergent thinkers. Having something where teachers can have immersive experiences on what it might feel like to have autism in that room or ADHD or uh, dyscalculia or uh, dysgraphia or whatever it is so that teachers can really understand what their students are experiencing in that classroom. That's Sherry Lofton, Instructional Technology Trainer with the Verizon Innovative Learning Schools Initiative. Now, Dr. Judy Fusco continues the conversation. There's some great possibilities that you all brought up. Thank you for painting those pictures. I would like us to take a minute or two to discuss concerns that we might have about AI. And as we bring up, you know, these concerns, these concerns can be your own or things you've heard from teachers in your work or research. Sarah, would you like to start us off thinking about some concerns? Yes, thanks so much. I said cautiously optimistic earlier because while I am excited about the potential of what AI can do, I am very concerned about things like my students' privacy and their security. What is being done with the data that's collected? 
And then in addition to those comic concerns that I've heard from, from several of my coworkers, I'm also concerned about what happens when the AI fails. We know that all tech technologies will fail at some point. And because these are potentially so powerful, they can potentially be used for, for powerful good, but they could also fail in really scary, negative, unfair ways. And so my large concerns revolve around how those consequences are predicted, how they're evaluated, how they're mitigated, and who's responsible for doing all of that. Is it me as the classroom teacher because I allowed the AI into my room? Is it the district that approved the funding for it? Is the company who created the AI? Is it some third party group that's in charge of evaluating them? I have this conversation with my friends who are in technology all of the time, but they have such a desire to see technological progress and answer the question, what can be done? But as a classroom teacher who's very concerned about the students in my room, I'm, I want to know what should be done. So just because the AI can accomplish something, is it wise to implement it instead of what's currently in place? And this goes along with a concern that I have actually responding to something that Ms. Lofton said about AIs and social, social emotional learning. I'm actually not sure that that's the best place for an AI. Me as a human who's capable of moral reflection and of empathy, I think is better positioned to support my students' social and emotional learning rather than an amoral machine. And so finding that balance between what should be the task of the human in the room and what should be the task of the AI in the room and how can we support each other. My vision for AI is very much that it should help preserve the humanity of education and that it should augment me as the teacher rather than replacing me as the teacher. And, and I'm not saying it can't be done, but I have severe concerns about whether or not it should be done. That is so, so true. I, I think, you know, in in the research industry, we're really fearful that, that AI is going to be used for, you know, the lowest hanging fruit, but also so the least provocative use in education, right? So AI could be great to automate uh, flashcards and multiple choice tests, right? Like it's very easy to do, you know, it's not an exciting prospect. And, and it, it it's guided by sort of our behaviorist, very cognitivist notions of teaching and learning. And so so I, I think, Sarah, it's just really exciting to kind of hear you talk about, you know, we really need to lead with our vision, lead with our values, understand what, what should teaching at its best look like and how can we use AI in service of that teaching, right? And and always to augment the teacher, right? Not to replace the teacher, not to replace the human in the system. That that's where we get into into real challenges. So, so you know, thank you for for bringing those concerns. We think about that all the time in the learning sciences. You know, we want to kind of think about how we can embody these technologies and, and that AI to the best of our our abilities. I, I have additional concerns too about about you know the the accountability and like what's getting sold and and who is evaluating not just the security, but also just the efficacy of these things. And as a researcher, I'm grounded in problems of practice. So this means, you know, when I when I hear teachers, when I hear school districts, when I hear out of school partners come to me and say they have this problem, I, I look for problems that are that are meaty problems that are grounded in, in problems of practice, but also align to where we can help with our guiding theories. And, and when I've come back to that, you know, a lot of folks are saying, I get all these choices, which one of these are best for learning? I have this one. Is this is good is what we already have in the classroom. And so often I have to 
you know, I, I turn to the research, we actually start to look at these things, we start to compare them. And so often what's already being sold, what's already in the classroom actually is ineffective for learning. And then we're scratching our heads, we're blaming the teachers, we're blaming, you know, so many other other systems when when really the tech that we have there, and this this could be low tech, this could be what you find in your in your physics classroom, what you find in your chemistry classroom, is not aligned to what we know about high quality teaching and learning. And we see no gain. So who, whose responsibility is it uh, to make sure that these products are actually high quality, that they, they are tied to some learning gain? And you assume when somebody comes to market something to your school that there, there is some evidence that, that, that you're seeing this. And if it's being widely used, wouldn't this, wouldn't this be a transformative product? You know, there is no FDA for ed tech. And so how do we, how do we start to think about creating accountability for ed tech designers pushing them towards that. We, we've started together with our partners at Digital Promise and, and at Merlin Mind, we started this conception of a research practice industry partnership to really bring these three conversations together amongst industries, amongst researchers and, and practitioners and, and the larger community of, of learners and, and families together to really start to create that accountability. But, th- but this is definitely a place where policy needs to push. A lot of concerns that have been expressed, I I share the issue of the quality and efficacy of these AI applications is is quite a a challenge, especially in context of limited capacity. Who are the policymakers who can manage and regulate and oversee the use of AIs in, in classrooms? Also, the ethical use, and I really like the point made about keeping humanity in in the teaching, learning, interaction, and experiences in our classrooms. But another concern that I want to raise is the frequency of the development of these AI applications, just how overwhelming this, this can be in context where policymakers and even educators have to choose what to use and when to use it. And it's, it's an issue of whether education systems can cope with the, shall I say, the, the speed at which the, the tech companies and the developers of these AIs have produced them. And if the sense of being left behind is quite real, at the same time as, as the points have already been made, without being sure of what you are left behind of. And is this efficacious? Is this the best AI to adopt? Is this the best AI to adopt for our context? Another concern is that it is the most needy education environments in terms of resources that would have to cope with the cost. What do these AI cost and are they affordable? And are they sustainable in terms of in terms of affordability and use? And how do we balance being current with the stability that teachers and learners need in classroom to adopt something, to be able to learn how to use it, to get comfortable with using it before something new crops up? And, and to just jump on that, I I really appreciate what we're talking about as far as the things to be wary of, the AI ethics, uh, like Dr. Marope talked about, the humanity, bringing it back to the humans that Sarah talked about. And I think that is something that we do need to be concerned about. What I'm excited to see is AI help us to 
fill in the gaps where we want to be more human, but some of our systems of education take away from organic human interactions. If you have 120 students, you're not going to have an organic human interaction with every single one of them every single day, period. I don't know who says that they are, but they're not. If you have 500 students, that again takes away from some of that organic humanity and where can AI help us have eyes on students in crises? We're missing them. They're teachers in crises, but we're, we're really missing the mark on some of our students and being able to have more eyes on things than less, I think is good. I think something that we also do need to be wary of, though, if we want to have a deeper, more organic look at people, that means having eyes on them when they're not expecting to have eyes on them, right? Those have ethical concerns. What are we doing with that data? What I'm hearing nationwide from teachers, honestly, artificial intelligence isn't it's not what they go to talk about in the break room. It's not on the, on the radar, but what is on the radar is student data. And what are we doing with that data and making sure that our students are protected like Sarah talked about. Anytime there's humans behind the wheel, there can be greatness and there can be things to be wary about. And we should be wary about them, especially when it goes to those accountability factors. I think it needs to be multiple people, multiple points of accountability. We need to also think about other concerns. What what will AI eventually do for the economy? So we know that at some point, AI is, is going to replace some jobs. I mean, it's just what's going to happen. So how can we make it to where folks are able to be reskilled and not afraid of, oh, this is going to take away my job one day. So those are some of the concerns that I've heard come up and that I'm, I'm also thinking of. Yeah, that made sense to me, Ms. Lofton. I think one thing you said before that resonated with me so strongly, I've thought about it several times since, is your vision for AI making me multiplied. So like you were saying, when you have 120 students in the room, you can't have that human interaction with each of those. So if there are ways that the AI could allow me to give that more human touch to each of my students individually, at that time you had even suggested perhaps recording the prompt because oftentimes students make similar mistakes and you would prompt them or you would make the same teacher move to, to each of those times that the student made that error, you would maybe say the same thing or same encouraging words. And you talked about maybe even recording your voice so that they are hearing your words in your your speech. And so I, I think we do agree there about ways that AI could help make it even more human. I, I really, I really love that, Sarah, because yes, that just human, human multiplied. So I'm, I'm going, I'm taking, taking your cue. It, it's about the humanity. So I'm, I'm coming right back to where you, you landed there. I absolutely agree with both of you, Mrs. Lofton and Mrs. Hampton. AI should help enhance humanity and the human capabilities of the teacher. I'd like to shift us back to a point we had raised earlier and think about how AI might assist teachers with assessment. Professor Morope, I think you had quite a few thoughts around assessment. Do you want to start us? One of the challenges that we face today in, in global education is insufficient monitoring of student learning. And as we come to these national exams or these high stakes exams only to report that the students are not learning. But at the same time, a teacher continuous assessment is always looked at with a little bit of suspicion whether it's it's credible enough to be trusted and if it, it can be used and weighted into the student final assessment of what they actually learned. I'd like to see if AI could help us improve the quality of teacher continuous assessment 
so that teachers can really monitor students' progression, the, the developmental progression of students along competences that we want them to, to develop. So if you can use AI to improve the credibility of continuous assessment and to improve the frequency of continuous assessment so that uh, continuous assessment can actually be continuous and not episodic because teachers do not have adequate time. And if we can improve both the credibility and the frequency, I believe supporting teachers with immediate feedback, which is also something that I'd like to see AI do more, we could get a little closer to monitoring learning as students progress and being able to institute remedial action more immediately than having learners go for a long time with a backlog of confusion and only to go through a long period of time where teachers are not fully aware of whether they are learning or not. As we talk more about changing curricula to be to be more competence-oriented than just oriented to knowledge, skills, and so on. It becomes more complicated to assess the student's developmental progression along some of the complex competencies. Um, There was mention earlier of uh, socio-emotional intelligence. There are also issues about collaborative skill. I think one of the exciting possibilities of AI is that we can actually have use AI for students to collaborate, not just in the classrooms they happen to be in, but across borders. And these technologies that help for immersion can also help us help students gain experiences that would have been inaccessible without the facilitation of AI. But how do we assess these complex competences that are very difficult to assess by multiple choice or just by, you know, paper and pen type of assessment. This is one of the potentials that I would like to see those who work in technology help us with. Also, how do we assess learning itself? You know, we have examples of uh, AI apps like uh, Thinksa that track student progression in the learning of mathematics, but it's not just the learning outcomes that we track, which is what paper and pen type of assessment give us. But the students' progression as they work out their mathematics problem, this would apply to any competence that we are trying to help a learner to acquire. So if we can use AI to identify where students are beginning to encounter difficulties, relay the feedback to teachers in a timely fashion, so that teachers can intervene and help learners. Because it's very difficult, actually it's humanly difficult to assess the learning process itself as opposed to assessing the outcome of learning. So I think this this would be quite important, especially when we keep emphasizing that one of the key future competences that every global citizen must have is knowing how to learn rather than just learning what you must learn, but learning how to learn, because that's what gives us the adaptive competence or the agility to adapt when our contexts change. If AI could assist us with timely assessment and timely feedback to teachers 
so that teachers may intervene in a timely manner and also in a customized manner because if you are able to use AI to track where a particular student had comprehension breakdown in trying to do whatever they were supposed to do, then that intervention is very specific. That is closer to customization. It's very specific to the difficulty that a particular student is is experiencing. That's one area that excites me in the potential of AI. The second part is in making continuous assessment continuous. We call it continuous assessment, but because teachers are overwhelmed with work, with huge class loads, class sizes and huge workload, it's not as continuous as it ought to be. So if AI could help teachers to monitor student learning, to grade student work and to give feedback, this alleviates the load from teachers and teachers can make assessment more continuous. And I earlier mentioned the credibility of continuous assessment because it's looked at with a little bit of doubt that it's not as credible as the national exams or any high stakes exam or international assessments that are done by big entities. I won't mention their names, but if we could improve the credibility of continuous assessment and work it into the overall assessment of students at the end of each cycle, like, you know, lower primary, higher primary, and and so on, then this would add a lot to making us more effective at monitoring learning and because of the feedback, more effective at facilitating learning. These are areas that in assessment, I really would hope that AI could help us with and that could add value to making us a little bit more effective at our work. I could just not agree more with what you just said, particularly around the complex competencies that I really care about my students having, like collaboration and dialogue, adaptation, argumentation, inquiry, self-regulation. All of those things are more important to me than your more um, straightforward surface level knowledge acquisition. And yet, because of the constraints on these high stakes standardized assessments, they tend to assess more simple, highly structured problems. And that unintentionally incentivizes teachers to promote surface level thinking around oversimplified problems. And so there's this friction that I feel almost daily in the classroom between what I really care about my students leaving my classroom with and sometimes what I know makes a difference on these standardized assessments. And so because the the test is not perfect at capturing the learning that I really care about, I sort of always feel this pull. So if there's some sort of way that the AI assessment could more truly assess the learning that I care about, it, it could be much more effective. And then also going back to things that were mentioned earlier, the stealth assessment, that we don't have to have this pattern of learning and then stopping to assess and then, okay, now we're learning, okay, now we're stopping to assess. If the learning was happening quietly in the background, there would be no interruption into the flow of learning that the students are doing. And then lastly, uh, on these highly uh, structured tests, it's either the student answered the question right or they answered the question wrong. There, It doesn't explain the extent to which the student understood 
understood. So for example, when I'm grading a test, I will often give partial credit because the student understood the process, but they maybe missed a negative sign or something. And so really the student understood most of what I intended, but it, there was a simple arithmetic error that makes it seem as if they misunderstood the whole concept if, if it's just a right or wrong answer. And so I really do see possibilities here for AI to improve how teaching and learning is done. Going with that, something that you said, Sarah, really stood out and you talked about no interruption in the flow of learning when it comes to assessment. And I'm thinking about what Dr. Moropes talked about as far as this continuous assessment. And yes, AI could do things to make the learning and the assessment process one. We could see that in virtual reality, uh, VR headsets, things to make that learning and assessment more immersive. And Dr. Marope also talked about this idea of learning outcomes versus assessing learning. With the AI, we're able to see a little bit closer into the process of learning and when someone is getting an idea, what are their eyes doing, all of these different things um, I think are really important. And I think something else that you brought up was really key too, Sarah. You talked about how during standardized testing, we're in standardized testing season now, it's so disruptive. And there's so much disruption in the classroom as far as what learning happens. And like you said, the things that they are assessing, a lot of times those are not your higher depth of knowledge areas, creativity, what can you create? How can you make judgments and things like that? So having systems and these immersive AI processes that make it to where we can really go to the the max to see how creative are you? How collaborative are you? What can you produce? I think will help us in this next iteration of what we want uh, production to be, teaching and learning to be, and just the future. Yeah, that's so, so exciting. Thank you, Sherry. And in five to 10 years, I would love to see AI augmenting teachers, right? And and multiplying them. I love that idea of multiplying. And then we can we can think about AI helping us to move assessment into real time, you know, feedback and dashboards to inform our teaching, to, to assess what kids are doing in, you know, everyday practice rather than trying to abstract it into, into a standardized test. But can't we, can we just observe what kids are doing. I mean, we do this as as, as teachers, as, as researchers all the time, right? We, we can discern so much from what it is that they draw, how they kick the soccer ball, how they how they put together the robot. It is very much conceivable. And we, we've actually started to build early prototypes where AI can start to, start to be embedded in the environment, start to observe and start to tell us what it is that, that we know. And, and that opens up the possibility too, to not just get into these cognitive measures of what an individual knows, but how do we how we operate socially? How do we collaborate with one another? How do we build on each other's uh, sentiments? So I, I'm just really excited about what, what that could mean. And I, I definitely would challenge us all to kind of decide early on, you know, when we're designing the technologies as we're deciding which ones to adapt in the classroom, we need to have a vision for what that what that is to be to be that springboard and, and to judge these technologies that are coming forward. Wow, I have heard a lot of enthusiasm for AI today, as well as concerns and different opinions on AI among the panel. There's so much that we've talked about and so much more to think about. Unfortunately, we have to wrap up. And as we end our conversation today, I'd love for each of us to do a call to action for the people, especially the people in the context where you work, a call to action around AI systems in education. 
I'll jump in. You know, we talked earlier about the power of standardized tests is that that we start to align as sort of the, the whole system gets aligned behind it for better or for worse, right? And that becomes uh, what we're testing for becomes the outcomes. But let, let's use that to our benefit now. Let's decide what is it, what are the outcomes we'd like to see and how are we going to start to measure them? If we want to see teachers feeling augmented by AI technologies, if we want to see them embedded in our environments, if we want to see kids happier and sort of more emotionally secure, why don't we design assessments that start to engineer our systems in those directions? And so, so I think I think having those conversations, really trying to decide what those are, and then uh, trying to find the instruments that that can help you to measure that. Are they saving you time? Are they adding to your burden? Are they adding to your level of techno stress? Do you feel like you would be replaced by this technology, or do you feel like you would be augmented by it? And so, so I think really going in hard with our values and and starting to create a, an assessment that will help to design these systems moving forward in line with that vision. Just to add to the, the point already made, really my my call would be to design AI that can that can really help us alleviate the shortage of qualified teachers because this is a serious problem in developing countries. It's a very, very serious problem because the rest of what we ask of teachers or what we ask of a classroom to be effective is not possible if the teachers are not well prepared. So what well prepared and well supported. So my call for action would be to, to really think about using AI. So far, our conversation has focused on helping teachers to help learners to learn better. But we have said very little about helping teachers to be better at what they are doing. And we know in, in many countries, there are so-called uh, classroom inspectors. Sometimes they are called um, teacher advisors. These people who visit teachers in classrooms to observe how they teach and then give them feedback. But the logistics and the cost of physically doing this is nightmarish. And as a result, very few teachers go on and on for for years without ever getting support. Yes, other teachers are supposed to provide peer support. The, The principals or the head teachers are supposed to give support. For many developing countries, professional support to teachers is very, very limited. And we are talking about teachers who were originally not well prepared. So my call is, can we use AI to observe what teachers are doing in classrooms, just like we want to observe what learners are doing and relay feedback to teachers. This time to observe what teachers are doing in classrooms, relay the feedback to teacher advisors, wherever they may be, because then we can do, we can deliver the support to teachers virtually. I think this would be a a huge value addition in context where there are very few qualified teachers, and there's very little resources to provide teachers continuous professional development. That would be my call. When we support teachers and we make up for their initial poor training, we can then start to expect them to be effective. Otherwise, we have no right to demand teachers to be effective and for classrooms to be effective when we are not enabling teachers enough I want to uh, jump on that because that 
that really spoke to me what Dr. Marobe just said as far as the professional learning aspect, since that's where I, I sit. And my push would be for AI to make teacher training more immersive. I'd love to see AI, like I've been talking about, with those VR headsets and having situations uh, happen and teachers have to respond and how would they do that? And then the AI learn from that and it adjusts in that way. Because in urban education, and I, I would say this all of the time, if your plans aren't tight, there will be a fight, meaning that preparation piece is so crucial in making sure that teachers want to be in the classroom and they stay in the classroom and they feel successful. And that only happens when they're prepared for the realness, not not the uh, philosophical things that happen in those uh, classrooms when they're getting trained to be a teacher. Again, we want to make AI more immersive overall. We want to include teacher voice because a lot of the product developers, I can just tell there's someone who may have taught for maybe a year who's informing some of those decisions. But if you talk to somebody who's taught thousands of students, they will give you something that could, could really support that product development right away. And then lastly, just helping teachers overall see the value of using emerging technology overall, but specifically AI in in making learning more cognitively demanding, more creative, and more powerful uh, overall. Teachers need to see it. So uh, I'm from the show me state. So let's let's show teachers the value of these emerging technologies and AI. I want to reiterate something that Ms. Laughlin said. Please in include teachers from the ground up, not only in product development, but also in policy development. And my call to the greater education community at large is to please thoughtfully consider policies that need to be put in place before AI is widespread and adopted into classrooms. The technology seems to be advancing at a rate that's a little bit faster than the policy. And I want to make sure that as these are being implemented, that they're done so thoughtfully and that they're done so well. And then my call to action for my fellow educators is to ask questions. Ask questions before you use any technologies, but specifically AI technologies. Is it ethical? How is the data safeguarded? What was the training data like for the AI? Was it sufficient in volume and diversity? Has it had adversarial training? Does this allow you to do something that you couldn't do otherwise? Does it create a significantly better learning environment or learning outcomes? Will it save time or contribute meaningful learning experiences? Is the technology more than just a wow factor. And I think you'll find that as you ask these questions, it will really benefit uh, not only you, but, but also your students and their families. Thank you all so much. It definitely sounds like we need to have another time to talk more about AI. I'm really glad all of you could be part of this discussion. We started with how AI could help teachers in the classroom, and then we moved into how AI might help with teacher preparation, especially in low-resourced areas. We spoke a lot about new possibilities for assessments and also other topics that we really need to have teachers and researchers thinking together about so that we can best support learning. We heard about some commercial products that are also looking at how they can develop AI tools with educators and also examining the efficacy of their tools. Rightfully, in our conversation today, we also heard some fears and concerns. We really need teachers, researchers, and policy experts talking together just like they did today and thinking carefully about how AI can help teachers and enhance humanity. As we create the future, we really need to ensure that we carefully define the role we want AI to play. We need to ask hard questions about data and privacy and need to work to ensure that technologies do not increase inequalities or widen any gaps in society. 
And now related to my closing remarks, here's my call to action. If you're interested in this topic and not sure where to go, please join us at AIEngage.org. Join our conversation if you haven't already. Mm -hmm.